0: A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change?
1: Needing health insurance, United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. On Sunday, Brazilians will go to the polls to elect a new president. The two frontrunners in the race are the incumbent Jair Bolsonaro and former president Lula da Silva, who is so famous in Brazil, he's simply referred to as Lula. Jair Bolsonaro was elected in 2018 after running a campaign based on promises to stamp out corruption. But his presidency has been marred by controversy. He's a climate denier. Bolsonaro came out to deny the existence of the fires altogether. This despite data released by his own... government. He's expressed racist, misogynistic and homophobic sentiments. I wouldn't rape you, you're not worth it. Has said, I would prefer my son to die in an accident than to have him be gay. And he handled the Covid pandemic very badly, describing it as just a little flu.
2: We have got to stop with this. I'm sorry for the dead, I'm sorry. But we're all going to die one day. We have to stop being a country of sissies.
1: At the moment, Bolsonaro is trailing well behind Lula in the polls. But... What has many Brazilians concerned is not that he could potentially win, it's that even if he loses, he will refuse to relinquish power. There are only three alternatives for me to be arrested, to be
2: killed, or to be victorious. And I tell those scumbags, I will never go to jail.
1: And now, mirroring Trump during the 2020 US election, he's calling into question the trustworthiness of Brazil's electoral system and electronic voting machines, setting the stage for calling a win for Lula fraudulent.
2: We will only lose the election if there is fraud, and the people will take to the streets to stop that from happening.
1: But the stakes are much higher in Brazil. Two supporters of Lula have been murdered by followers of Bolsonaro and a recent poll found that 67% of Brazilians said they were personally afraid of politically inspired violence.
2: The two questions that are dominating the closing stretch are whether Lula can win on the first round and avoid a runoff in four weeks and if he is defeated whether Jair Bolsonaro will accept that.
1: I'm Sarah Pollock and this is In the News from the Irish Times. Today... If Bolsonaro loses, will he step aside? Tom Hennigan reports for the Irish Times from South America, and he lives in Sao Paulo in Brazil. Tom, I want to start by asking, in a country where 33 million people are already going hungry, why would there be any doubt that Bolsonaro would lose this election?
2: Well, I think it's um, a reflection of what we see in other democratic uh, societies recently, where there's been intense polarisation and often through identity politics, ideological hardening uh, into irreconcilable bloc uh, within countries. And Bolsonaro has assiduously cultivated elements of his base, such as evangelical Christians by um, appealing to their conservative social values, whether that's on abortion, gay rights, uh, women's rights, or to the agricultural sector, particularly the kind of less responsible wing in those parts of the country where the agricultural frontier is still expanding. And he has empowered them by giving them the green light to chop down rainforests to arm themselves to chase off landless peasants trying to occupy land and a string of other measures that have benefited them.
0: When we confront them, they say,
1: don't you watch the news? Bolsonaro said that when he won, we could take wood from indigenous land. This is what they say to us. Tom, you wrote in a recent article that many ordinary Brazilians are disgusted with Bolsonaro's recent hijacking of Independence Day, turning it into a massive campaign rally, leading his supporters in chanting, never limp, a slogan in supposed reference to his sexual performance, his track record on COVID, the scandals surrounding his family's property empire. There's so many. Why wouldn't they turn out and vote against him?
2: Well, Bolsonaro makes the argument uh, that appeals to a certain segment of the country that for all his failings, his government has not had scandals that on a financial level have reached the scale that they did under the Workers' Party, which is um, the left-wing party of his uh, main rival in Sunday's election, former President Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva. So corruption is an endemic problem in Brazilian society. And so you have a lot of whataboutery on both sides. The more crude expressions of Bolsonaro's machismo, which uh, does repel a lot of of Brazilian society, unfortunately, it still also appeals to um, a significant minority. Uh, Brazil is still a, a macho and misogynistic culture in many ways, and Bolsonaro taps into that. And then there's also an element which you have, I think, in a lot of, in a lot of democratic societies, this um, turn against political establishments, this turn against, you know, experts, if you like. And Bolsonaro has played the outsider card. Uh, he likes to say, look, you know, I, I mightn't speak very well. You might think I'm kind of coarse and whatnot, but I'm authentic.
1: But Tom, does Lula... Or Lula da Silva does he enjoy enough support to win this election or do people in Brazil simply think he might be the least worst option right now?
2: Well Lula personally has has deep wells of support in Brazil dating back to his time as president when he ran the country from 2003 to the end of 2010 and was very successful And many people, particularly poor Brazilians, never had it so good as they did under Lula. And so he has a very personal, loyal following. But you do also have another segment in society who have few illusions about Lula, few illusions about the failings of his own eight years as president and the 13 years his party was in power. But they do look at Bolsonaro and Lula, and it's a phrase you see from many former opponent, opponents of Lula who are now backing him or critics who are now backing him and saying, look, this race is um, a race between civilization and barbarity. So in that situation, we come down on the side of civilization.
1: Bolsonaro faces an uphill battle. His approval ratings have recovered only slightly. But if neither candidate, Bolsonaro or Lula, win 50% of the vote this weekend, there will be a runoff election in late uh, October. Can you explain how that works?
2: So for um, all executive positions in Brazil, a candidate on the first round has to get 50% plus one vote to be declared the winner. If you don't get that, then the two best place candidates go into a runoff round four weeks later. So at the moment, the race is very close, according to all opinion polls, to seeing Lula clinch it on the first round. And that would do away for a runoff round on the 30th of October. So the Bolsonaro campaign at the moment seems to be very much um, just focusing on trying to peel off enough votes to buy another four weeks of campaigning so that they can turn around the huge deficit. Most polls have Lula by 14, 15 points in front, um, but even the best polls for Bolsonaro still have him 10 points back. So he's desperately just trying to buy more time. Um, No poll, though, it has to be said, shows anyone but Lula winning in a a straight matchup between Bolsonaro and, and Lula.
1: You've written, Tom, also that Brazilians are actually quite concerned for their safety in the run-up to this election. Why is that and, and what is the feeling on the ground?
2: Well, Brazilian elections have always had a certain amount of violence attached to them. But traditionally, that would be very much at the local level um, and disputes uh, between local political clans filling into, into violence. What we're seeing this time, though, is that the presidential race has become so polarised and this polarisation started before Bolsonaro became a national figure, that has to be noted, but has um, worsened dramatically since he entered onto the national stage. In recent months, we have seen still quite sporadic cases of violence and a few murders linked to the presidential dispute. And that is something that is quite new in Brazil. Election. The country's divisions have turned deadly. A supporter of President Jair Bolsonaro is accused of shooting and killing a political opponent at the victim's birthday party. And that is also fueling something that I think every Brazilian um, you would talk to would tell you is a certain reticence to talk about politics uh, amongst family, amongst friends, because it has become polarised and everyone um, has a story about going to a Sunday lunch with their family and huge blazing rows at the table with their Bolsonaroista uncle, friends talking about dropping out of their school WhatsApp group uh, because old friends falling out over people posting fake news and arguments erupting on that.
1: It sounds to me, Tom, a lot of what you're describing regarding families having rows around the table and people fearing speaking publicly about politics echoes a lot of what we've seen in the United States with Trump. And similar to Trump, even if Bolsonaro loses, it doesn't mean he will go quietly. If he does decide to try and hang on, like we saw with Donald Trump, how would that work? And could he do it?
2: There are two big questions hanging over Sunday's vote. Um, Lula win on the first round, and if he does, will Bolsonaro accept defeat? I think the big worry is that he won't. We're talking about someone who even contested his own victory four years ago. Uh, he claims he won in the first round in 2018, and that uh, that victory was stolen from him and he was forced to into a runoff. He claims that he has insider knowledge that proves that Trump won the last presidential election against Joe Biden. Um, So this is someone that a lot of people do believe will contest his defeat. How likely he was to get away with it, I would say increasingly less so, because his campaign has been so bad and the campaign has exposed the, the very deep discontent in Brazilian society with the direction of travel under Bolsonaro. The military, Bolsonaro has tried fervently to involve them with his administration. He's insinuated them into the vote counting process on Sunday, a role that they do not constitutionally have a right to have, but he's managed to insinuate them in there. That's leading to fears that the military could provide him with cover for contesting the results. Uh, but most military observers believe that the actual commanders um, in charge of active troops will want to stay out. They'll look at Bolsonaro and go, why, why would we throw our lot in with uh, someone like this? And so then the fear is that it would rather be radicalized supporters of the president who refuse to accept defeat, creating disturbances or coming together in Brasilia or other large cities in a certain way, like you saw Trump supporters in Washington. And that would be a major challenge for Brazil's institutions, how they would handle that sort of situation.
1: It's worth noting that Brazil has a history of dictatorship in the not too distant past. How does that play into what is happening in Brazil today?
2: It still has an important role. Um, On the left, you have a large segment who are constantly still fighting the dictatorship, if I could put it that way. On the right, particularly since Bolsonaro emerged, you have an element that are are still defending the dictatorship, which ran the country from uh, 64 to 85 they deny it even was a dictatorship. They say the military came to power in a revolution with civilian support and uh, ran Brazil for 20 of its most successful years. So on left and right, it is still a, a live issue. More importantly, for a lot of Brazilians, um, what I would call in you know residents of the political center. They just go, you know, dictatorships are a thing of the past in Latin America and around the world. Dictatorship is just not what we need to be talking about at this time.
1: Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds.
2: Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? Right.
1: Tom, could the results of this election have any implications for a small country like Ireland? Could it affect our trade with South America? Could it affect competition? Or could it even affect migration, outward migration from Brazil?
2: It could affect outward migration. Ireland has a thriving Brazilian community that has grown rapidly over the last 10 years. Those uh, 10 years are not coincidentally a decade of economic depression and stagnant or falling real incomes. So there has been a mass exodus of Brazilians, which again started at the beginning of the last decade. It's not something that dates just to Bolsonaro's arrival in power, but the social and economic situation has worsened under him there would be a likelihood, I think, that that exodus will continue and perhaps even accelerate.
1: It's worth noting that there is quite a large LGBTQ Brazilian community in Ireland. For these mostly young people who have left Brazil, what would their life have been like under Bolsonaro rule before they left?
2: Like a lot of the general population, they would have struggled just because of the difficulties the country has faced over the last decade. High unemployment, particularly youth unemployment for Brazil's gay community, there's a huge historic problem of homophobic violence and prejudice in the country. And that has been emboldened by the rise of Bolsonaro, who is an openly homophobic and proudly homophobic um, politician. And his alliance, which has been a very important part of his of his electoral base with evangelical um, Pente- Neo-Pentecostal churches, um, has reinforced that they also have a, a very homophobic view of Brazilian society, which has made it very, very uncomfortable for many Brazilians and they have sought to get out of the country and go somewhere where there are greater levels of acceptance. Where I live in Sao Paulo, there's been a huge influx of young gay Brazilians moving to the big city just because there has been a rise in intolerance in small interior provincial Brazil. In terms of trade for Ireland, if Bolsonaro does try a power grab after defeat, I think that immediately would signal any the death of any hope for the passing of the Mercosur-EU trade deal. But even if Bolsonaro wins legitimately, which is obviously a possibility, polls in Latin America have been off the mark in a number of recent uh, elections across the region. Um, it's a small possibility, but if he was re-elected legitimately, I still think that trade deal with uh, the EU And the trade bloc in the region that Brazil dominates would be at risk because uh, Bolsonaro will not and has no interest in delivering on the environmental protections that the EU is demanding before signing. So I think that would go. And that uh, would be something I I imagine would be uh, great news for Irish farmers.
1: You've mentioned, Tom, uh, Lula's previous role as president in Brazil. What kind of legacy did Lula leave behind when he completed his term as president?
2: It's in two parts, and it has, uh, I think, a good and a, and a bad component to it. When he left office in 2011, handing over to his hand-picked successor, he was without doubt the most popular president in Brazil's history.
0: Lula da Silva was received as a hero in São Bernardo do Campo in the state of São Paulo. If there is one place where the former Labour union leader is loved, it is here.
2: He left an economy that was booming. He um, had overseen a huge increase in living standards, particularly amongst poor Brazilians. That, though it became clear with time, was um, in large measure connected to the commodity boom that was driven mainly by Chinese demand after the millennium and that the economic foundations were not as solid as Lula thought or presented them. And then the other side of that was that, as often happens in South America, when everyone's making money, no one questions about some of the, the, the deals that are going on. But when money becomes tight, then um, corruption becomes an issue. After it became a symbol of the largest corruption scandal in Brazil's history, Operation Car Wash, hundreds of prominent there were a whole string of corruption scandals that, and to be honest, I think would be better described as emblematic of how Brazil's political establishment of, of traditional left and right do business. Uh, but because Lula was president when a lot of them um, happened, he did become associated with uh, quite quite pharaonic levels of corruption in many cases. So I think it's more a structural issue it would be wrong to deny his achievements, but um, it would also be a mistake to pretend that Lula is not a, a flawed political leader. In the campaign, we've seen him struggle with that legacy. Uh, at certain times, he's sort of tried to admit and apologize for the corruption that happened under um, the 13 years of worker party rule. And at other times he's got annoyed and snapped and said, you know, he's sick of apologizing for it. And I think what he means by that is, why are you always asking me to apologize for it when this is just the way politics was done in our country, essentially for centuries?
1: If Bolsonaro loses and he does leave office, Lula will become Brazil's new leader. What would that mean for the country in the weeks and months ahead, Tom?
2: I think the the weeks ahead, if Lula wins, whether on Sunday or um, October 30th, we would be looking at some very tense weeks, even if, if Bolsonaro does cede defeat, uh, the handover to someone who he um, does not consider a legitimate political actor would be a, a complicated process. But Lula for his, uh, all his various political flaws, is a very sophisticated, high-level political operator compared to, to Bolsonaro. One of the main reasons that many people are turning against Bolsonaro is not, unfortunately, because he associated COVID vaccines with the HIV virus or other outrages like that. It's just because he's just an extremely incompetent administrator who has picked a third or fourth level team to run the country, and they've run it into the ditch. Lula would be quickly able, I think, to calm the constitutional turmoil in Brazil by improving relations between the three powers, which have been very strained under Bolsonaro. And he would be able to also get a broader level of support across the political spectrum. In many ways, Lula's um, campaign this time round represents the old political um, establishment redux. His running mate is a former opponent, and so I think you you would see the old political system come back. And whatever your criticisms of it, they were much better at running the machine than Bolsonaro um, has been. the The only issue, I think, looking further out for a few years is that consensus in the long term has not been Brazil's friend. And Lula will have a lot of immediate challenges tackling hunger, like you, you pointed out earlier, 33 million people reporting food insecurity in Brazil at the moment. So we will have immediate challenges that might put him off tackling some of the structural challenges that Brazil really needs to, um, to face up sooner rather than later if it is to achieve any of its potential Um, So that kind of consensus that Lula will bring, I think, could have immediate short um, term benefits, but long term, it could be the enemy of the changes Brazil does need.
1: Tom Hennigan, thanks so much for your time today. That's all for today. This episode was produced by Aideen Finnegan and Declan Conlon. In the news, we'll be back on Monday. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things.